entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. And a special welcome to my guest host, Jay Kelly Owie. Along with Kelly and our executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. Jay Kelly Hoey and I want to enthusiastically share stories and information to inspire leaders. And we are all leaders at some point, so you can then inspire others. You can find out more about Jay Kelly Hoey at jkellyhoey.co. That's jkellyhoey.co. And you can find Kelly on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. The Business Builder Show is distributed by C-Suite Radio. You can find The Business Builder Show and many other fine shows on C-Suite Radio. That's at www.c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Okay, Kelly, let's get going. Thanks, Marty. This is Kelly Hoey, guest host of the Business Builder Show, and I am absolutely thrilled today to have uh, as my guest my friend Kate White. Hey, Kate, how are you? Hey, Kelly. I'm very uh, well. Oh, excellent. So there's so much to talk about um, between your amazing career in, in in as an editor of you know magazines like Cosmo um, you are a prolific writer and we're gonna dive into one of your books but as the author of three nonfiction books and what are we up to now 12 13 14 I'm uh, 14th yes <laughs> 14 <laughs> fiction mystery suspense books here's what I really here's where I want to start this conversation um where do you find the time and ideas? I, I really want to know about your creative process. When I used to go out speaking when I was the editor of Cosmo, the number one question people asked me when it was the Q&A portion was exactly that. Because I think everyone wants to know, how do you find pockets of time to do extra stuff? And for me now, I'm, I'm a writer full time. I left Cosmo six years ago. So it's that's not so hard for me to do because it's it's my work life. In addition to speaking, when I was at Cosmo, what I did was I wrote in the morning before my kids got up on Saturdays and Sundays or during the week, I'd get into Cosmo early after dropping the kids off and write for an hour. And the pages just added up. And what I always advise people is just put it on your calendar. And even though it's only 30 minutes that you're going to work on that side hustle or that that passion project, it adds up over time. That was, see, that was one of the things that uh, kind of helped me break through with um, the anxiety uh, and I want to say the writer's block um, when I was writing my book was, you know, I'm going to say a working mom who had her first novel out. She was like two hours a day, just fine, two hours a day. And, you know, exactly. The page, the pages will add up. OK, but for your suspense and mystery books, where do you get the inspiration for all the fabulously, you know, delightful and morbid ideas? Uh, well, to borrow a phrase from the Law and Order 
promos ripped from the headlines. I, I often start with just a germ of an idea, something I saw in a headline, or even something that just occurred to me. And then I start to play with it. And one of the techniques a lot of authors use is the what if technique, that you start with just a little germ and you say, what if? You know, what if I ran into an old boyfriend on the street and he didn't recognize me and I realized there was something weird going on. He didn't know who I was, you know, and then you start to play with it. Not that I run into a lot of old boyfriends on the street. I don't want to apply that. But I think the idea of just working your imagination and using lots of questions and not worrying that you don't have something big to start with, it's the germ that can often produce something really interesting. That's such great advice, whether you're writing or, you know, have an idea for a business or something else. Um, Absolutely, Kelly. Um, Okay, so your book, The Gutsy Girl Handbook, I want to jump over there because you, in my mind, are the ultimate gutsy gal. Uh, One of the stories I loved in there was when you won uh, Glamour's Top 10 College Women Contest. And I want you to talk about that for for a minute and and your advice on why going against the grain is a good strategy to stand out. Well, winning that contest way back in the 70s was fantastic for me because I'm still friends with most of the winners. And I also... Um, met my husband through one of the winners. But one of the things that re- re- really reinforced for me, part of winning was writing uh, or entering was writing a, a an essay about what your goals were for the future. And I just made a decision. I want to win this so badly because it was a prize trip to Europe and a chance to break into magazines. So I thought, how am I going to be provocative? And I wrote my essay not on what my goals were for the future, but on why I had no goals. Because I thought that's going to be provocative and it's going to get their attention. And then, of course, I circled back and I did have goals. And when I won, it really reinforced for me the idea that you've got to be a rule breaker and take those kinds of risks because they pay off even if they're scary in the beginning. So that was a really important lesson for me. It reinforced my gut instinct that it's important to break the rules. Love that. Absolutely love that. Um, all right. I want to jump really, as I said, I want to really jump in this book because if you could you know, see your my my copy uh, of your book right now it is flagged and tabbed like throughout <laughs> it like we don't there's not enough time in this in this interview for me to get through all of it so i want to get through some of the stuff that i was like whoa people need um regardless of their uh, gutsy gal working their way up the corporate ladder or a small business owner or i'm going to say an entrepreneur or someone who's thinking about you know making the leap and you know regardless of gender this is like so important let's talk about the 4 b's for generating fabulously big ideas. I'm just a, a really big believer that you don't get ahead by doing what you're told to do and doing it really well. I think you get ahead by coming up with the big ideas. And it's really important, particularly once you hit your 30s, even in a corporate job, to be someone who's a visionary. And what I found really helpful when I was at Cosmo, which was all about big ideas and being over the top, is I came up with these four B's I asked myself with every idea or project. And they were 
these questions that I would then try to see if I could answer specifically. And they were one, could it be better? Could it be bigger? Three, could it be bolder? And four, could it be more badass? And it forced me to take a look at what I was working on and, you know, color outside the lines with it and really push it. And I find actually Interestingly, it really helps me with my fiction, too, because I tend to sometimes pull my punches with my fiction. And when I ask myself the four B's, I realize, hey, Kate, you've got to be more of a badass with this scene because right now it's boring the hell out of me and I've got to do something with it. But it's a great tool. It seems very simplistic, but it's a great tool to use in any situation in business. Yeah, well, I love it because the example you use um, is, uh, you know, you were walking to work and you saw this thing on an explosion of skin cancer because of tanning beds. And that was like the spark for you to then have, you know, um, your practice, you know, safe sun campaign as opposed to, boy, you know, doing a, you know, what, just a column saying, hey, gals, you know, wear your sunscreen. Right. My first instinct was, let me just crash an item into this issue and make sure we alert readers. And I realized it's such an important issue. Could I go bigger with it? And I just pushed myself and I decided we're going to make it a campaign where we mention in every issue, Practice Safe Sun campaign. We did awards. We influenced, um, we, we, we worked with a congresswoman and got the TAN Act passed, um, something she came up with after we broached the issue with her. We did a special on um, ABC 2020, special report on it. And what was really amazing is five years later, over half of our readers said they had changed their sunskits, you know, their sunning habits because of us. And we had sold tens of millions of dollars worth of advertising pages because of it. So if I had just done one item, none of that would have happened. Yeah, and, you know, thank you for mentioning the last part because, you know, not that we don't want to save lives and change behavior, but if you're running a business or or a division or a unit uh, in a big company, you know, you, you want to affect the, the, the bottom line. And, and I want to say sort of having that, I want to say that home run, that was really a grand slam, that one. So um, for, through the clutter, you often need scope and to scale up. Yeah. Yeah. So for those who don't have the gutsy girl handbook, you want to get it, whether you're a gutsy, you know, gutsy gal or sorry, or or a gutsy guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, over on uh, page 15, you don't even have to read that far. Jump right in there and and get those um, the four B's Uh, for those who are listening. And just a reminder, we're talking to Kate White, who is um, a New York Times bestselling author, uh, former editor of Cosmo. Kate, where can people find you? They can find me at katewhitespeaks.com if they're interested in the business stuff and me as a speaker and writer of career books. But if they just are interested in me as a mystery writer, it's uh, katewhite.com. Now, my best advice to anyone is to know your brand, be clear about your brand, and and do what I say, not what I do, because I have a weirdly bifurcated brand with two websites. <laughs> but for anyone listening, don't do that. <laughs> I think I can hear Marty chuckling in the back. You got a yeah. comment on that one, Marty? Well, well, well yeah. Well, uh, I don't have a comment on that, but I, I'm often, I sit here and wonder like, well, where did this come from? I mean, 
was it something happened in college? Did uh, did you come from a certain family? Where did this come from? Did you just have this naturally, this 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 whole attitude and the way you handle things? Talk to me about that. I think I was always a really, a little bit edgy girl, but I kept it under wraps after going. When you go to Catholic school, you better keep it oh, under wraps. Oh, yeah. And uh, I would say the one regret I have is when I was in my 20s and first coming to New York, a lot of my guns, gutsy instincts are really tamped down because I was afraid I'd, I'd, of just how I was coming across. And that's why I always encourage women, don't tamp it down. Don't wait for the perfect moment. Just go for it. Uh, I think the big issue for me, and this is true for a lot of us today, we want to do more than one thing. And I loved working in magazines. I love being an executive, but I also had this weird, bizarre urge to write murder mysteries. And part of why I left Cosmo as much as I loved it, a magazine business I could see was going to end up in a you know, free fall. But I also wanted to give that other part of me a chance to go for it. And that's what I, I mm. did. And I think it's important to acknowledge that you may want to do something else at some point in time in your career. Mm. Great. Such, such right. great advice. One of your pieces of advice, and maybe this is where it all all started was you tell women to be a baller. And I think that's a word we often associate with, you know, I say with guys, um, uh, you know, with the dudes. So what do you mean by that? Well, maybe it's from having five brothers who play basketball and a son who play basketball. But I love that term baller. And when I asked my son, what is a baller? He says it's it's really a guy on the court, and he's talking from the male perspective, though, of course, we know there are great female basketball players, too. But it's a guy who's always looking for the shot. And if there isn't an opening, he makes one. And, I, and that, to me, is such important advice in your career. If you don't have an opportunity, create one. There was an interesting study lately that said uh, men and um, white men are 20% more likely than people of color than women to be given those kind of opportunities in the job that lead to promotion, like representing your company at a conference or uh, leading a new team. And so what you have to do, since they're going to be, you may not be tapped, is you got to raise your hand for them. And if there's nothing going on, create something. Ask yourself, what's missing? What problem could I solve? And a lot of my success professionally came from seeing something that wasn't being addressed and volunteering to say, hey, I know you're wondering why these articles aren't rating so high. I'd love to do an analysis and see what I can come up with. And those sorts of things really show that you are a visionary, that you you think out of the box, and that you have the energy to run with something without being told to. Right. If someone's not passing you the ball, give them a Given the reason to hand it to you because you've come up with the idea or the reason they want to, you know, um, throw you throw you the ball next time because you're the one, you know, generating all these possibilities. I, I absolutely love that. Um, all right, Mark, Mark, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, think basketball. And, and I was going to say, and we had a great interview recently with uh, Ginny Gilder, who's uh, co-owner of the uh, Seattle Storm. So we know there's lots of great women out there. So women, you can be a baller and don't think it's just like, you know, a guy thing. Um, so 
Marty, you know, when Marty asked you, you know, sort of um, how you got how, how you got to be where you are, and you mentioned that you wanted this other part of your why leaving Cosmo, why leaving in your your editorial career when you're at the peak of it, like who would who would do that? Um, because you wanted to give this other part of your life and your interest in your career, like you wanted to give it a chance to to shine. But you wrote eight murder mysteries while you still had a job. Um, what's your guidance on working a side hustle while you're still working? Um, and and I'd also love love you to think about like what are the thoughts or guidance you might have for a company, um, and why they would want to encourage employees to pursue a side hustle. That's such a good question. Of course, Kelly, when I was doing it initially, it was called having a plan B rather than side hustle. We hadn't come up with that great term yet. And part of it was I was in a very precarious field, wanted a plan B in case I got fired, which I managed never to do. But I have a few singe marks on my ass. (laughs) Hey, ballers, that happens to ballers, you know. That's what happens. Exactly. That's one of the risks. But I, I wanted to make sure I had this plan B. And what I think is the important thing to do is do it, but don't cheat on your day job. It's really important. I had a girl who worked for me at Cosmo and she became a designer. And I found out after she left that she was using our messenger service, everything to help her side hustle. And I just never had a good feeling about her after that. And so you can put your job in jeopardy if you're doing too much side hustling. And so I didn't, even though my books became New York Times bestseller, they probably could have done better if I'd been willing to tour for them. But I felt, I don't want to rub this in my boss's face that I'm running the, the biggest magazine brand in the world, but I'm also writing mysteries. Uh, because they probably would have thought it was bizarre. So I think you just have to be careful not to cheat. Should companies encourage side hustles? I guess it depends on the company. If you're working with a lot of millennials and you know that they're going to be restless if you don't do stuff for them that way, sure. But I think that that companies uh, want you to keep your eye on the ball and it's important to show you're all in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and that importance of like when you leave and, and, and maintaining goodwill with people you've worked with, because, you know, from my perspective, you never know when you may need those networks and those networks to, to um, step up and help you. Uh, hey, all right. I'm going to f- hey, go ahead. That, uh, within the last week, I wrote an incredible letter of recommendation for someone who got a job and I set somebody up with a fantastic billionaire who she's going to do business with. Those are two employees I loved. The person who cheated and used the company for her own means, I'm never going to do that for her. And Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing for her. So it is really important to think not just about how they're perceiving me now, but how they're going to perceive me after I leave. Yeah, I want to say when when memories are long and networks are deep, you know, you you got to think about these things. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, page one thirteen. I'm like I told you, I got I got your book. I got the Gutsy Girl handbook flagged left, right, and center. Page one thirteen of the Gutsy Girl. Talk about when's the right time to take a career uh, a career risk. I think we have to always be thinking of ourselves as risk takers and risk risk agents. And if you haven't done anything in the last week that feels gutsy to you, 
you need to be stepping back and looking at, hey, am I resting on my laurels? Am I too comfortable here? In terms of the day-to-day job, I think it's really important to be a risk taker, to anticipate risks, uh, opportunities, to question things, to take to fix things before they're broken. And there's that's almost too much to explain, but there's 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 a lot in the book about that. But I think it's so key in terms of our career. I think that the moment you feel really happy in your career, unfortunately, that means you're you're not being challenged. And as nice as it is to feel happy and to think I've got this and it's all going my way, you need to step back and say, what do I have to do next to feel challenged again, to feel like I'm learning, to feel I'm out of my comfort zone? Such extraordinary advice, like so, so, so um, uh, amazing. Um, All right, I'm going to jump up, jump ahead 50 pages to page 163, where you uh, list uh, a surprising secret of the best and gutsiest bosses. I want to say, and our buddy Tom Peters, who's been on the show, has talked about this as well. What is it and why is it, do you think, the surprising secret of the best and gutsiest bosses? Well, first, let me just say that when we think of really dynamic bosses, we often think of them flapping their lips. They're making a presentation or sharing their vision with us or sharing their wisdom with us. And that's all great. But one of the things that I was really struck by when I was doing research for the book was something I read by Hal uh, Gregerson, who's the executive director of the MIT Leadership Center. And he says that the best bosses listen. They listen, they don't jump in, they practice being quiet. And that was hard for me as a boss because I like flapping my lips. (laughs) (laughs) Part Part of why you get ahead is so that you can run the meeting and you can share your vision. But you you have to listen and you have to make people unafraid to share things with you. And you also I love this. This is what what he said, um, Dr. Gregerson. He said, you want to find out not only um, what you don't know, um, but what you don't know you don't know. And the more you listen, the more you encourage employees to share with you when you can read on their in their expressions that there's something that's worrying them. You want to pull that out because information is power and bad information is power. And one of the big mistakes we make across the board is that we rationalize bad information and bad data. And a big part of my success was if a cover didn't sell, I figured out why it didn't sell. So I didn't make this mistake again where it would have been easy just to say, hey, you know, tomorrow's another day. I, I think it's so important to listen, gather info, gather data, and use it to your advantage. Amazing, Marty. I heard you laugh on the listening because uh, yeah. uh, I, I was I was I was chortling because uh, Kate, when we uh, we interviewed uh, author Tom Peters, and one of the things he says in in his book is he writes the word listen on his hand when he goes into interviews or goes to do something, just so he does exactly that. Oh, I, I love that because I mentioned Tom Peters. In 
on the opening of the book in the brand section because I just think so much of what he said has been so valuable to everyone and to me. So the fact that he's got to write that on his hand, I really appreciate because I should be writing it on my hand. Kelly, <laughs> Kelly, can I jump in? I have a question for Please do. Please. I have a question. I'm an interviewer. I have to ask a question. Uh, question for both of you, um, Kelly Hoey and Kate White. Are the gutsy girls of the United States making progress? How are we doing? I'd love your take, Kelly. What do you think? Mm, you know, my my, uh, I'm re- I've really got hope in. I want to say the the younger generations because there is a there's a real difference in attitude. And having recently spent some time with some women leaders uh, in Aruba, that gave me uh, a, I would say a jolt to be I want to say gutsier uh, and and gutsier in a way that I think is more in line what I see with um, younger women in terms of how they're truly supporting each other. Mm. I think we've made huge progress. I mean, we're not where we want to be, but when I compare it, and I'm older than Kelly to where it was in the 70s when I first arrived in New York, I was the editor-in-chief of a terrific magazine in the 80s called Working Woman that was a business magazine for women. And I had the idea, instead of using models on the cover, we would use working women, successful. And it was a small pool to pull from. And today, there are just women in every field doing dazzling things. But but we still have work to do. And we, we, we get... We're in a situation where uh, th- there's more up against us than I think men face, and and certainly with what with the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. it's brought out into the open some of the things women have had to deal with, and I've had to deal with, and you and you suck it up, and you try to deal with deal with it in your own way, and you realize that's just one other thing that you've been forced to put on the table as part of the you know or, or fa- fa- have as one of the hurdles that you deal with professionally. So I think we've made a lot of progress. And I think young women today are doing a wonderful job of modeling not only gutsiness, but as Kelly said, being supportive of each other. And part of that is because the pie is bigger now. And Mm. we, in the old days, I think it used to be, hey, there's only one opening there for a woman in that company. Mm. And today we know that's not true. So Women share, and that's fantastic. And they know if they share, it's not going to take away from them. Excellent. Kelly, take it over again. <laughs> that, that was an outstanding question, Marty. And, you know, I do expect that from you. And I know you're sitting there listening, whether or not you've got the word listen written on your hand. I got one last question. What's next for the unstoppable Kate White? Oh, Kelly, thanks so much. Well, I hope what's next is a continued networking with you, who is the queen of networkers and does it so well. But uh, for me, I want to, I just, um, I'm going to sign another wonderful contract for mysteries. I've got one coming out in May, another one coming out next year, and I'm about to sign uh, a really nice contract for several more. So that's great. You want to know that that they they want you and readers want you so that's great and I'm, I'm actually doing a new speech next year that i'll be giving a number of places that's a little different from gutsy but i i've tentatively called it you even better how to recharge reinvent re, reimagine and reinvent because one of the big questions i get is 
hey, you left a field when you felt you were ready for change and the field was starting to collapse and you did something else different and creative and fun. How do I do it? And we want to know how to reinvent it all sorts of different parts of points in our career. So I'm excited about doing that. Wow, wow, wow. I want to say will you uh, promise to come back and talk to us about, I want to say, uh, one, your, what's, what's the title of your book that's coming out, I think, in May in 2019? It's called Such a Perfect Wife, and it's my first kind of serial killer book, which was real. <laughs> oh, I lo- love it, love it, love it. And uh, will you come back and uh, talk to us about the, uh, when you can, the, the subject of your new, new keynote? Because I think that is a topic that a lot of people are going to want to hear about. Oh, I would love to do that because it's 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 something I feel there's a there there's a real interest in today as we see that the world is our oyster and there's lots of opportunity and just kind of figuring out what should be next. Love it. Thank you much. So much, Kate White. Thank and I say Kelly and I really love being on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Jay Kelly Hoey, for being our guest host on the Business Builders Show. You can learn more about Kelly at jkellyhoey.co. That's jkellyhoey, H-O-E-Y dot C-O. And, of course, you can learn more about me, Marty Wolf, and the Business Builder Show at martywolfbusinesssolutions.com. That's martywolfbusinesssolutions.com. Remember, you can get all our shows and many other great shows at c-suiteradio.com. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. As a loyal fan of this C-Suite Radio Show, we've got an unbelievable offer for you. Listeners to the Business Builders Show get 50% off a C-Suite Network membership. The C-Suite Network will help you become the most strategic person in the room. You'll have access to top-notch benefits and networking, all helping you get the most out of your position. Take advantage of this limited-time offer today. Learn more about the C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. Again, that's 50% off a C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR.